Good afternoon. I'm Jordan Peoples, and Marvel sucks. I am Cade Weiberg, and it still doesn't. Welcome back to the one-stop shop for all of your Marvel news, all news about Glengarry Glenn Ross, all facets about why Avatar is the worst movie ever made, uh, except for maybe Josh Trank's 2004. What about Rise of Skywalker? I feel like in our last couple episodes, we've shit on that. Well, not the most recent one, but like the episode before that. I don't know. Even that, even that had the nostalgia of not being Avatar. So I was like, I also went into that with, yeah, well, I guess I didn't go into it with a high bar, but still Avatar sucks. I I still want to do that up. Avatar sucks versus no shit. (laughs) We just, I just want to find an avid Avatar fan. Let's wait till Avatar 2 comes out. Okay, great. And we'll just tear these apart. What if they're great? What if Avatar 2 is just like, wow, they no, actually did I refuse it to believe it. I refuse I'm to believe it. I'm holding up for a hero. Uh, <laughs> today, we are uh, diving back into the Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, uh, one of the most prominent Marvel trilogies out there. Uh, and we are joined by none other than my good buddy, Jim Pomeroy. Jim, how are you? I- I'm not bad. Um, I-, I-, I was feeling... Pretty down in the dumps uh, on this rainy day, and then I watched Spider Man Two, and now I'm just I'm I'm on cloud nine right now. <laughs> that is the correct yeah, answer. Raindrops keep falling um, on your head. None of the, none of that was sarcasm, by the way. <laughs> raindrops so. do keep falling <laughs> on your head. Um, so we, uh, Jim, you were actually uh, one of my first friends to text me about the podcast when we first started doing this in 2017. You're like, dude, pod sick, like keep it up. When can I be on? And I believe I told you at the time, we'll pencil you in for episode 72. <laughs> what are we at right now? <laughs> this is 72. So you oh, wow, we made wow. the cut. Jeez. You made the cut. Talk about foresight. Yeah, man. exactly. Wow. Um, so we uh, are thrilled to have you on um, and finally talk shop about Marvel. Um, and before we do, because uh, we've had several of our uh, our close friends, our close mutual friends, Ale Butrago has been on, Liam O'Connor, uh, your former roommate, That's true. Uh, has also been on, um, and several other Marvel enthusiasts that uh, you've also know, uh, come to know and love throughout the years, like myself, uh, but we're finally on? happy to have you on. <laughs> that, that's I've a been funny on. person to include, <laughs> it's our, on our uh, guest list. Yeah. <laughs> Me? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I have been. You on. have a couple times. <laughs> a few times. I'm just saying. 71, 72 times, yeah. give or take. Yeah. <laughs> so, there was that one where Jordan went rogue and just, you know, started. Well, there to, have been episodes without well, me for the most part. Uh, there has. I got a lot to well, say. No, no, I mean the ones where I played characters. Do <laughs> you remember those? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Those yeah, are in the weeds. That was, that was those when are, we were so, still doing them very regularly between content yeah. we had to create yeah. we had to fill content we were in a bit of a drought um also it looks like uh falcon and winter soldier is going to resume filming at the end of uh july and uh it's due for august so i don't know if that's going to come out on time but that's our next big thing after these uh raimi movies unless mm. i think of anything else in between uh but that's neither here nor there surely it's not coming out uh, in August, though have they not announced that it's delayed and so that's why you're they, holding i hope? think they're scared i I am holding out hope because uh, Disney Plus just really needs to succeed. And so far, all they've given us, like, fresh content-wise is The yeah. Mandalorian. Hmm. And then, I mean, you have every episode of The I Simpsons, saw a video so on The Mandalorian. Cool. I haven't seen The Mandalorian yet. But I saw a video of how they oh, did great. the backdrops is they didn't use a green screen, but they used a 360 yeah. LCD projection background thing. 
that moved and yes. motion tracked with the cameras. And that looked amazing. Yeah. It, it looks very awesome, like visually. Uh, I'll give you my Disney Plus credentials. I know I offer you all these <laughs> passwords on, during the show and you have yet to take them. Um, but uh, Jim, this, me and Jordan, you know, we could we could drill on all day, all day and day out about Marvel, and we will for most of the day. <laughs> but I, that is the podcast. But uh, you're here. We want to get your take on Marvel. Where do you stand in the ranks of the MCU? How do you view it? Are these uh, comfort movies for you? Are these disastrous movies uh, like Jordan once viewed them as? I see. Um, where, where do you stand? Um, so I think one of the reasons when you told me you were doing the Raimi trilogy, I was like, I need to be on this episode because this was the first, like my first introduction to Marvel movies. So I remember seeing the Raimi Spider-Man, when, when the first one come out, like 2002? Yep. Um, it was 2002. 2002, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, and yeah, I remember watching those movies and then I took a, a hiatus with Marvel until the first Iron Man. And, uh, ever since then, I try to watch most Marvel movies, but I, I have, I'm ashamed to say I have not seen all of them. I view them as just good, <laughs> Get off the pod. good popcorn entertainment. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Um, most of the ones that I've seen, I, I've enjoyed as good popcorn entertainment, legitimately well-written. Um, however, I, I think a lot of the Marvel movies like Infinity War, Endgame, etc. will like have a longevity to them and like you'll be able to go back 10 years from now and like watch those movies and still think they're awesome. Okay. I watched this movie today and I was like, man, why did I like this movie so much? <laughs> it, it is Wow, this is not, it does not hold up. It is surrounded in yeah. nostalgia and we yeah. will dive right in because yeah. I'm Jordan uh, on our last pod loved Absolutely. the first one and I for the first time ever, I was watching these movies through his eyes, which I didn't expect to happen. That was a whole role reversal so last of, time. It was a role reversal. And I imagine reversal. that'll continue, because uh, again, I, like, this movie, I, I'll, I'll say I wrote down more negative notes this time, but... Okay. Was it because I influenced no. you? Well, it's more just like... Okay. Some of them were harder to ignore, I've influenced I you to love them. But they're still... Okay. I would say this movie might have even had some, like, higher highs and lower lows. Than the last one. Yes, there I agree with that. that. I agree okay. with that. Just like this is fantastic. I love this, but I don't want to. I don't want to get yeah. into yep. it yet. Um, no, 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 no. no yeah. We we still got to ask. Uh, talk to Jim because he's been waiting three years to get on. Oh the yeah, show. I was going <laughs> to ask um, which Marvel movies have you missed just to see if those those are worth revisiting. Um, it, it, so so I've seen I've seen the the big like all the Avengers I've seen. Um, you know, do you like, want me to go through them one by all, one? All of the Iron Mans. I mean, we can. I so Doctor Strange have not seen that. I've not seen Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, didn't okay. see Ant Man for that matter. It's a lot of like the one off yeah. movies that Post I don't see. Phase one. Have you watched yeah. Thor: Dark World? Um, God. I so I definitely watched the first Thor. No, I did not watch Dark World. No. Okay. Did not. But you watched Ragnarok. Yeah. You're, but you're, I watched. I did fine. watch Ragnarok. Yes. So because okay. I heard, I heard Dark. You missed World was, some like, pretty skippable. good ones to miss. Except for Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange was worth watching. Okay. But like Ant-Man and Wasp, maybe like that's more of a completionist thing to watch. Those. <laughs> fair, those, fair enough. I, there's not a lot of great moments just on their own. Well, there's some good stuff in both of them, but not enough I think to justify. Jordan right did now. after we watched the second one, Jordan did suggest making a super cut of both of them into <laughs> one like good movie yeah. or as he called good. I think they're both, you know, perfect, but. Yeah, they're definitely. <laughs> that is why you are the yang to my yin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, have you seen Captain Marvel, Jim? 
Uh, bits and pieces, not the whole thing. Are you not? There's just a lot to keep up with. There's only man. 23 movies. There's a, there's only 23 movies. <laughs> How many times okay. have you watched the Wade Boggs episode of It's it Always Sunny? I've seen hours. I've seen the Wade Boggs episode of Always Sunny at least 10 times, but that's like 22 minutes. So that's each time. 200 minutes. 220 minutes of content. Okay, so what? I can fit in like both the Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. If I took away, if, <laughs> well, I, t- if I could take <laughs> away. <laughs> we'll pick one. Yeah. Um, Are you not confused when you watch these huge ensemble movies and these characters show up? No, because I, I either, you know, text you, text Liam, or read a little bit on my own to know what the fuck's going on. Okay. I mean, because, like, I'm just like, do I need to see Ant-Man? Like, it's just like, like, the, the, the guy, like, the superheroes I grew up with, like, watching on uh, what was ABC Family, like, Saturday morning cartoons, like, Iron Man, like, all those yeah. guys, I was like... Yeah, that's cool. I want to see those movies, okay. but I don't give a fuck about Ant Man. I didn't grow up with Ant Man. Like, <laughs> you know, he was one Ant- of the original Avengers. Okay, out of like, like the five. Yeah, in the I, 1960s I am comic. just, I am just saying this is Jim Pomeroy, and it's not an educated opinion, <laughs> but it's an opinion. So that would have absolutely been my opinion of Ant Man until they cast Paul Rudd, okay. and then I was like, oh, I'm so into this, and then. It wasn't as much Paul Rudd as I would have liked. The yeah. most Paul Rudd so far that we have gotten in the MCU is Avengers Endgame. That was the most Paul Rudd yeah. has ever been himself in these <laughs> movies. We have both agreed. Um, yeah. That is a weird trilogy that it's just kind of like... It still seems like a phase one trilogy. That's the only one that I don't have uber excitement to see when I go opening night in the theaters. Although I was very excited yeah. for the first one. Um I hope they they pull a Ragnarok because the first two Thor are very tonally different, and then it switches gears with Ragnarok. Yeah. Yes, Ant Man. Maybe they could do the same thing, mm-hmm. except for it's not like the tone has been wrong in those movies. It's just they've just been underwhelming. Yes, like they're kind of quirky fun. They're just not fun enough. Yes, uh, they're very bland. They, I think it's kind of like Thor one or Thor two, kind of like that level of fun. Like you get yeah. to see Asgard, and there's some cool stuff there. Uh, the rumor is that Ant-Man 3 will be Ant-Man and the Young Avengers, and he will be the person to lead the Young Avengers because his daughter. I like that. Uh, I like I like Paul, Paul Rudd, Rudd being a teacher. Interacting. <sighs> like him is, I want it to be like the sack lunch bunch. But yeah, really. but we, oh, that would be great. <laughs> Ant-Man. I would love that. Because um, yeah. they're still, I think they are kind of rebooting, giving it the, a little bit of the Ragnarok treatment. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if they signed Peyton Reed back on to direct, because he's like, He's fine. Like these movies are good, but I, yeah, I think they need, I think for the third one, you need the Ragnarok treatment for sure. Has the, maybe, I don't know. It's the writing. I don't know. Like who, who's responsible. Well, like it, has it been written by the same people? Does, I think, or? I think he's written, he wrote and directed both of them or no, maybe he didn't write the first one. Cause Edgar Wright was supposed to do that. And then that, right. that had some edits. So he probably wrote some of the edits. And then I think he got more creative control for Ant-Man and the Wasp, but that also... I mean, it made nearly a billion dollars, but this is a Marvel movie. We need a billion or nothing. That's the new bar. All these movies make a billion dollars. I think even Captain Marvel made a billion dollars, and that was, like, released in March. It was, like, underappreciated by critics, uh, even though that's one of my favorite... um, As Liam referred to it, we have the standard movies that are considered parvel and then Captain Marvel was considered Parvel Plus. Parvel Plus. Jeez. 
The man, the myth, the legend, Liam O'Connor. He will be on to discuss Spider-Man 3. Ooh, that's um, going to be a doozy. Yes, episode. can't wait for that oh, one. Man. Um, but, Jim, you mentioned you watched these three Spider-Man movies. Yes. And then you stopped right before, and then you, you got back on board for Iron Man so 1. So, I think I, I think the movies I missed in between was, uh, so, I, let me say this about more movies. I love the recent, like, first class, um, so you like, like X-Men. X-Men. Like, I love those movies. I just never was a big fan. I think I saw the first X-Men back in the day. It was like 2004. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, and I was just like, nah. Really? Just didn't, See, didn't, didn't that, click. That is wild yeah. to me because I think <clears throat> X-Men 1 and 2 are infinitely better than both of the first two Spider-Man movies. And I don't, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Oh, I'm sure you're right. And I should go back and watch those movies. I just... Just, nah, I just watched the first one and I was like, no thanks. For the longest nah. time, probably until Avengers 1 came out, I regarded X2, X-Men United, as the best superhero film of all time. There were three? There were three. Okay. Last Stand is the third one, and it's not very good because the director left. That's when Jean Grey goes Yes, goes she full goes, Phoenix. She goes okay, full yeah. Phoenix, and there's For a the lot The first of, time. She the goes. Full, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, the reboot was uh, oof. Have rough. you guys done that movie on this pod? No, we should. Oh, Wait, I mean, man. there's there's plenty of time yeah. to get into the X ter- yeah. X Men territory, Jordan. Yeah. We got. I've avoided the X Men because that's just like a whole can of worms. <laughs> yeah, but what if you um, love it? Like Marvel. Yeah. Maybe. X Men First Class uh, is a good movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like a whole new ensemble of characters. Yeah. It is, but. Yeah. And I didn't like Logan, which was supposed to be one of yeah, the he, best. He didn't of them. like, like the Logan that watched. much. Which was I, I loved that. I movie. loved it. Yeah, it was that's a great movie. so good. Yeah, it was literally perfect. And Jordan was like, eh. so like there. Well, no, but it was like the funeral for a character that I was completely. That's true. With. You should watch all of them, like, and grow up with. So them. that's fair, Jordan. But like, even if you don't like, I like. So Joker is another example. The Dark Knight trilogy is another decent example. Like, even if you're not a big Batman guy or you're not a big, you know, uh, Wolverine guy. These movies as themselves are just good, good movies. I just can't describe it. Like, they stand on their own as good movies. More so like, than your average superhero Correct, movie. yeah. I, I definitely think Logan was more like a Western. Correct. Than most other superhero movies. Might be the only one. I saw a review yeah, that called I don't it. Know. I just never settled into it. Like I, I just felt like I, I definitely uh, agree that not like I did with these Spider-Man movies. <laughs> well, you also grew up with these. Like imagine watching them for the first oh, yeah. time now. No, I absolutely cannot separate the nostalgia. I don't know. I think I might still like these now. Uh, I mean, I we'll get into it, but uh, yeah. it, I definitely like would immediately choose any MCU, even Incredible Hulk. I would rather watch Incredible Hulk than any of these Raimi Spider-Man. I will, I will say this. Um, these movies hold up better for me than any of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans. Okay, well, we were children for that. The, like, well, they're just horrible Did you watch both of them? Movies. Yeah, I, oh, wait, all of the... Yes, all, all Andrew Garfield. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I watched both Jordan, of Jordan, did you watch any of those? Not one. All right, then we got to keep yeah. this train going. We're going to Garfield territory next. You got it. <laughs> like, Garfield makes these movies look like the Godfather trilogy. Well, <laughs> like, it, it's like... Well, yeah. see, the first one is supposed to... They're trying to launch their own Spider-Man universe, which they're now doing with Venom and all that. Uh, so dumb. But it was a dumb idea. And the first one, they redid... The villain is Reptile, but they redid the entire Uncle Ben dying plot line, which yeah. was like, we just saw this like less than 10 years ago. Why is this still in a movie? And we knew Who played Ed- Uncle Ben. What? Who played Uncle Ben? Uh, it no, it was it was the White House, uh, the president. Martin in, Sheen. Martin Sheen. Huh. Which 
I mean, I like Martin Sheen, but he's kind of almost too big to be Uncle Ben. I it's, think that's why they cast, because the other guy was like, yeah. you know, not good enough. <laughs> but it was just because we knew the whole time what was going to happen to this guy. And it was just like, you could tell they were rebooting it. But like, do Tom Holland. Don't include that in the fucking movie. Like, we know Uncle Ben's dead. And he like subtly mentions to Iron Man, like, yeah, I don't have a dad or an uncle or whatever. Like, that's how you do that movie in that reboot. I, anyway, I could go on about how much yeah, I And hate Paul those Giamatti so. in the... So this first one is tolerable. The second one is horrendous. Terrible. But, but Paul Giamatti yeah. plays the rhino. So that's for, pretty... For, for 25 20, seconds. <laughs> 25 yeah. seconds. Uh, there's... It's really... It would be fun to tear them apart. I am actually also... Uh, I'm going to surprise Liam with this, but uh, I'm going to have me and Liam together on the next step are going to rank all of the Spider-Man films in existence, including Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Into the Spider-Verse. I hope he doesn't listen to this episode because it wouldn't be a surprise. I mean, <laughs> I'll tell him not to. I'll tell him. Well, we'll probably do the podcast before this is released because we haven't true. released the first Smart. one yet. That's yeah. true. Liam, so. if you're listening to this, we've already made this list. And what, what a fun day that was. Remember that, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> um, I will also need to tell him in advance so he can schedule make the list. Um, ah, we point. recently ranked the cold opens with Liam, which was a lot of fun. So will I also make a list and just default to putting those at the bottom? Yeah, I think that's what's going to have to happen. Yeah, I'm not going to watch you them. Should. So, yeah. I mean, well, unless we do pods on them, in which case I would want to do like a Spider-Man celebration pod. But I don't think you're going to watch these two. And I can't, in my right mind, force you to watch these before I force you to watch X-Men. Yeah, um, I'm not sure about X Men. Don't don't hold your breath <laughs> on that one. Uh, well, we'll see how how desperate for material we get uh, while waiting for Falcon Winter Soldier to come out. Speaking of which, that's a perfect segue. Uh, Jim, you were a fan of Endgame, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I was, okay. I'm a fan of all of those movies. Okay, yeah. all the Avengers, all the Avengers. So, yeah. Okay, uh, and but Endgame, would you say that's your favorite of all of them? What's your favorite MCU film? Favorite MCU film? Um, I'm a massive fan of Captain America: Civil War. I, I love that movie. Agreed. Because I, I, I get, like, not to get political, but um, <laughs> I like its themes of warning against the surveillance state and unwarranted government power that it's authoritarian in nature, and it's just a good message that I, I got on board with. So yeah. he's a Captain America side, then, as opposed to Tony Stark's Oh, that's side. interesting. Which, yeah, which side are you on? Ooh, so, it's, no, no, no. So that, so the, the are you, so I'm talking about domestic surveillance, not foreign interventions. Um, when it comes to that stuff, it depends on what time and place. Please be Team Iron What Man. time and place we're talking about? Um, but I'm mostly, Civil I'm War. mostly as a libertarian. I am on Tony Stark's side. Yes. Wait, but I thought he was the one that wanted to sign the government contract. No, no, no. So Tony Stark, Tony Stark was like basically like we have to now be like there need to be ch- like a UN needs to check on us and like we can't just go shooting everywhere. And where I'm like, you know. Who cares about the UN? I'm more of like on Stark's side where it's like we can't just intervene everywhere because every time we do, innocent people die. Jim is and on Captain, the side. Captain America is just like, you know, Captain America is like the neocons before invading Iraq in 2003. He was just like, no, we need to be everywhere all the time because we're America and fuck you. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's a hot take. I'm not sure that was yeah. exactly his argument. Yeah. <laughs> so Jim is on like pro gun control and Jordan is like, you can't take my guns. Like that's really where I've been on this, this whole oh, yeah. argument. Jordan, Jordan being a Captain America is my guns. 
Captain America's my friend. Um, I've been a big advocate. Yeah, this is, and this this was an interesting, this was like the first time, that was the first episode in this podcast where I'm like, I have Jordan fully engaged in an argument that we have both taken opposite sides I, on in Marvel related. See, I, I just loved that dynamic in the movie. It yeah, was it was total commentary. It was great. And I, yeah, I agree, like, both sides have valid arguments. I've only watched that one once. You should rewatch it. It's fantastic. Probably one that gets a rewatch. Well, I, I was going to, you know, when I go through Captain America again, yes. I'll see it. It is my uh, second favorite MCU film. So that's your number one, Jim. I, I would I would say probably, yeah. So are you excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier on Disney Plus? Yes. Okay. Yes, I, I absolutely am. Uh, yeah, I'd say, like, the Captain America movies were, have been my favorites of gotcha. all of the, like, character. I thought, I thought... Captain America, the first one, what is yeah. the full title of that? Just Captain America. The first Avenger. The, the first Avenger. I, I knew there was a, another catchphrase to it. I thought that was okay. Okay. But yeah, like Civil War was like fantastic. Oh, yeah. I think like, I think that goes without saying that is yeah. the best one of the three. Yeah. Uh, I loved that. Uh, so are you are you familiar with everything involved with Falcon and Winter Soldier? For the most part. The I mean, bringing back uh, Baron Zemo, who's the villain in Civil War. Yes, which um, uh, Daniel Brühl is a great underrated so actor. So good. And needs to be in more movies. Absolutely. Like, he was fantastic in that movie. Absolutely. Oh, wow, Jim, we should have had you on way sooner. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so where do you stand on the future of Marvel? Where Do you think we peaked with Endgame? Do you think it's going to... So and w- whenever you say peak... Like, it doesn't mean the movies that come immediately after it are going to be bad. I yes. just think it's hard. It's hard for, like, people to, condi- like, and don't get me wrong. You guys are, like, huge fans. Of course, the Marvel fans will show up to the movies. Jordan especially. But, but like, <laughs> I, I just don't see, and I'm sure you could explain it to me. Like, here's what here's my big my big beef, and where I'll go with this. I'll give you an example. Lead the way. Is, I don't understand. We go from Endgame to, um, you know, the next movie was going to be Black Widow. It still I, is. I, I thought, well, I, 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 it's just dumb story making to me. It's there, like, why are we going back? I don't... Uh, you're unfamiliar with Breaking Bad and all that, but they're describing this movie as Marvel's Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul, Which okay. is a prequel that kind of... Correct. ...explains the origins of a lot of these stories. Rise of Saul Goodman and all that. Correct. Yeah. Um, that it was the, sub, the original subtitle for Black Widow. But, but, I also but, think... Go ahead, Jordan. They're doing kind of almost like a... Like a, you got so big with Endgame, yes. you can't you can't do another big movie. You have to go small. Because that's how you get okay. X Men okay. Apocalypse. Okay, I mean that's uh, wow, dude. Oscar, I, Oscar Isaac's worst movie. Yeah, I, 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 I would think say that's it's Oscar Isaac's say. worst movie. I think that's safe to say. Um, ne- did... Next to Triple Frontier. Don't forget Triple oh, Frontier. Oh, who, who could forget Triple Frontier? Um, God, what a piece of shit. <laughs> but no, I mean, so my point, like, I, that's a very good point, Jordan. I agree with that. I just like. That's where I do think it kind of peaked, though, was like, we've gone balls to the walls, like massive fight, like, you know, heroic sacrifice, etc. And now we're going to another origin story. It's like that's where the peak sort of tops off and starts the downward trajectory. I think I am. I agree. Uh, but I am more comfortable with Black Widow taking the first like if I was to watch Shang-Chi or another one of like the actual origin stories of a character we don't know, mm-hmm. I'm less likely... I mean, obviously, I'll fucking see it and I'll love it no matter what. Oh, but, I'll definitely see it. Yeah. <laughs> but Black Widow, I I like... Because, like, Tony Stark's going to be in it. Like, he has a cameo. Be- of, okay. Of, like, it's just going to be a whole bunch of people. 
What I want them to include in this movie is she mentions in Winter Soldier that the Winter Soldier shot her and she has like this huge bullet hole in her. I want that scene in her movie. I also want her and Hawkeye fighting in Budapest, which I think is going to happen because he's in it. Why did they fight in Budapest? In Avengers 1, he, uh, mentioned, they have that line that Joss Whedon just wrote in willy-nilly. Uh, like, this is nothing like Budapest. Or, gotcha. And then, obviously, like fans would eat that shit up. Like Everyone's been talking about that since Avengers 1. Like, yep. what was this fight? This must have been great. Um, and we finally get to find out about it. Oh, um, and I'm uh, so let me make this clear. I'm not saying I won't see the movie. Sure. I am just saying, like, the MCU... With like end game, like it's in the title. It's the end game. <laughs> did you watch Except, Far From Home? Uh, yes, I did. What did you think? I thought, it was a, I thought it was as good of a follow up as they could have done, okay. given given the situation. Sure, I, it's a I nice it was, epilogue. It's a decent movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, yeah, I think the beginning was a little rough, but then once it settled into what it was, it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And I also felt like the CGI at the beginning was weirdly janky for Marvel. And I think it was just because they they had all their resources on Endgame because they That's came true. out so close to them that like I mean how many VFX teams do they have working because they must have had like I don't know they can afford all of even... the VFX teams yeah but there's only so many people with talent like I they there were so many resources spent on Endgame it's like yeah my only complaint about Far From Home I wasn't impressed with. Jake Gyllenhaal, Mysterio, and Mysterio's motivations for oh, I like trying it. to destroy. Half, I mean, the motivation. The European subcontinent. Sure, but yeah. I mean, come on, Tony Stark. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, but like, no, that was it, fun. it was a it was a good movie. Do you also notice uh, his right hand man, the scientist, uh, is the kid from A Christmas Story? Oh yeah! <laughs> Holy shit! Jordan you're right. spent half of that episode looking God. up. Is this the kid from a Christmas story? And I basically recounted that entire movie Damn. by myself. Wow. Yeah. Well, because I was almost sure that it was him, but it took him a while to find. And it was. You're right. Yeah. Um. So your your glimpse on the future, uh, if I if I may summarize, you're cautiously optimistic, or. So I'll say this again, and we've, you know, I've said this multiple times so far. I haven't seen all of the movies, so I'm not an authoritative source on the direction in which the MCU should go. I am just saying as a a frequent watcher, not a religious watcher, it just didn't make sense going from Endgame to these other films. I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic. I think Far From Home is a good example. Would, I think Black Widow will be a good movie. Would but, you have, what would you have done if you were Disney? I don't know, man. I you mean, stop like, for a while. You may, you maybe maybe stop for a while, you but stop that, the that's money well, no, no, no. But that's risky because that's that's you're banking on the fact that people will still be hungry after a prolonged hiatus to go see these movies, which doesn't well, and you also don't want DC to fill that void. Correct. Yeah. yeah exactly. So, um, no, I don't know what I would have done. I, I I think they they made an interesting decision. I will wait and see how these movies do. I guarantee you, though, after this whole coronavirus thing, people will be itching to go to movies yes. for whatever fucking reason. And as soon as one is one of these movies hits the theaters, it's going to make a, a billion fucking dollars. Yes, like absolutely. Well, it will be November. Yeah, when it's, this is scheduled to come out. It's yeah. still probably going to make a billion dollars. And then so this is the longest we've been without fresh uh, cinematic Marvel content for this is the longest time since Iron Man 2 in 2010. We went from Incredible Hulk in summer of 2008 to Iron Man 2 in May of 2010. Which is... Is that, is that that's still longer then? I don't, what, so what July July of 2019 to November 
I guess that is because there's a full year in between. That's a couple months longer, right? I don't you're know. our you're our resident math guy, Jordan. Yeah, you love well, I'm numbers. Not, I'm not. You love it. math. <laughs> All right, you ready to talk about Spider-Man 2? Uh, I think so. Oh, I had one more question for Jim. Because, uh, Jim, uh, in college, you were a history major. You're somewhat of a history buff. History and poli-sci. You, you, the minor in Middle Eastern studies. Okay. But. <laughs> Thank you for your full resume. <laughs> you're hired. Um, so I do want to touch on, um, and again, there's not a lot of this in the MCU because it's a kind of fictional war. But C- how, Kind of fictional. How yeah. accurate do you think, like, this portrayal of political science we could argue like civil war like okay. how would that take place is that accurate also captain america one like is that what would have really happened in world, in war, world II war ii if a captain america figure existed if we had a super if we had super a super soldier um so and what, hitler had a s- alien so what i liked about what i liked about um that movie so i mean I can't speak to the Western allies if they had a superhuman <laughs> serum. But um, it's funny. So uh, Heinrich Himmler, the head of the SS, uh, convinced Adolf Hitler, mm-hmm. talk about like similar sounding names, uh, convinced Hitler for the SS to basically fund anthropological trips to places like Tibet, the Middle East, both, you know, just prior to and during World War during World War II to find artifacts that they thought would have some sort of mysterious ability that could like enhance either Nazis physically or Nazis metaphorically. Okay. And then what they were trying to do is is find like um, uh, the Spear of Destiny. Um, they also went to Tibet to try and prove that you know. Um, People who lived in Tibet were like the ancient heirs to the Aryan race, like that that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was kind of interesting seeing the whole Red Skull thing, and they had this artifact that they were trying to use to yeah. create like superhuman people. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, not none of that's historically. <laughs> none historically, of it's true. Yeah. They never and, found the Spear of Destiny. No, they. I think they <laughs> they tried and they they never did because it's always just been a myth. Do you think they would have won the war if they did find it? Nope. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, nope. Yeah, they, they would have had to uh, have uh, actually taken Moscow in December of 41 for them to win the war, but they didn't. So, um, and then politically, Civil War, you said? Politically, Civil War. And really any other movie, if you think it has any historical or political science uh, relations. Well, so I I like, so the whole, like, so what I liked is um, a lot of times you hear references in the Marvel movies to the Sokovia Accords. Yes. Which I thought is, like, a cool little, like, nod to, like, foreign policy and Mm -hmm. how, like, if something really bad happens or there's a major war or conflict, we typically sign an accord or a peace treaty that, like, then reestablishes the international order as to who can do what and when they can do it. And then there's that whole argument between Cap and Stark of being, like, we, you know, we can't act because of the Sokovia Accords versus... The Sokovia Accords aren't applicable here because there's something that we can do right here, right now to fix a problem. And we have the power to do it. I, so it's all interesting. I love that of all of these movies, one of like the thing that gives you a brain boner is the Sokovia Accords. I, it's funny, dude. It's just <laughs> it's just interesting. And that's just good writing. I mean, that's one like my great writing. Just, no like, argument here. Yeah, I'm just, and they don't well, they don't like drill it into your head. It's just always in the background. Yes. Which is what I kind of like. So. Agreed. Yeah. Um, 
And with that, I think we're, speaking of good writing, we got another movie to dive into today. (laughs) Uh, It is the classic Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Uh, I have a lot of hot takes. I took a lot of notes. Uh, I had a lot of hot takes the first time. Curious to see what Jordan thinks of this movie. Um, Jordan, do you want to give your review up front like you did last time? Sure. Okay. I loved it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay well, oh, I mean, it, it's not as wholehearted as last time. It's a little bit more. Um, Why do you, do you think that was because the the novelty of watching these movies after for so long, kind of like a little of it died with the first one? Uh, no, I think so. Both of these movies have a lot of silly moments that you're yes. just kind of like, don't think about this too hard. Just go with it and then we'll have fun. Okay. Um, but these I found like uh I they would catch me a little bit more than the first movie. Like the first yes. movie there are some moments like that, but I was able to be like, no, nah, we'll just keep cruising. Yeah. But this one, there were some that I was just like, but wait a come on. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Uh and I have gone on record on this podcast saying several times that I hate the trope when a superhero does not want to be a superhero. Yeah. Uh, I actually think they did a pretty good job of explaining why he didn't, though. Because his life is sucks, and it's 100% because of Spider-Man. Think about his life as Peter Parker without being Spider-Man. Yeah. Everything would be better. But it, it is wild just how, like, the first movie... He'd be it, like a rich tech guy. Yeah. Well, it, so that's what's actually kind of sad about this movie is that like he wants to like he wants to be a nerd. He wants to go to Columbia or wherever he's going and just like nerd out and talk about yeah. whatever those that stupid law he mentions at the table with Doc Ock. But like at the end of the movie, it's basically like uh, I can never do that. My life choice, my destiny has been chosen for me and there's no going back. And I'm just like, man, that sucks. I, but, I mean, I, yeah. Like he would be. He'd be rich. He would have been dating MJ before this whole movie yep. takes place. Yep. Uh, he would like his uh, uncle would still be alive, probably. Yep. Uh, his well, like, he'd be able to provide for Aunt May, who's poor now. Like, there's so <laughs> many things. Like, I he's, think he's Uncle Ben screwed over by his responsibility to the city. I think Uncle Ben still would have died because he still would have tried to impress MJ. And while well, he might not have won the fight, you think he would have gone to a cage match? I think so. Yes. Peter no, yeah, you're that's <laughs> no dumb. Way. That's dumb. <laughs> I think it's I think it's dumb that he tried to fight a cage match in general or go like fought by a car to impress her. Also, yeah. The dumb things in, in this movie, like the lengths he goes to to impress MJ, just like the first one, he's going to randomly buy a car and that's going to do it. The second one, he's going to learn poetry and that's going to do That was dumb. <laughs> that, that. Yeah, that was. That's a bit rough. And he's just in the laundromat reading poetry. Wait, can we talk about the scene where like MJ is like distraught? Like, you left my play. Like, how, that was so mean. And, so rude. Should... and then he, he just he just goes, I've been reading poetry. And she's yeah. like, what does that mean? Yeah, I love that that was her reaction. <laughs> No, it's perfect for her character, but like, what the fuck are you talking about? We we should go beat by beat, just because I I I think that's what we did last time, and I think uh, there's I don't have any notes. I have a little bit. My first note was being Spider Man sucks, which is what I just kind of brought up. That's the thing about this movie. Like when I'm watching it, also let's before we we dive right in, let's real quick. Did everyone see this in theaters? Like, what was your initial reaction? Oh, uh, you Jordan, you go ahead. I can't remember if I saw it in theaters. We we've talked about this on the last episode. I had it on PSP because it yes. came with my PSP. <laughs> so I watched this movie a lot on that. Love that. Um, uh, but I did see theaters. this in theaters. And what year did this come out again? Two thousand four. Two thousand four. So I was ten years old. 
um, the scene in the hospital surgery room where the it, it turns into a horror movie for like 90 seconds mm-hmm. scared the shit out of me in theaters. Yeah. Like just scared. I have a note about that scene. God. Oh, you do? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we, we will dive right in. Uh, yeah. But I loved the first one. I, the second one, I was more excited. For, like, there were two movies from my youth that I remember unparalleled excitement. And then Spider-Man 3 also, but not not yet. Uh, mm-hmm. I was Harry Potter, Chamber of Secrets, and Spider-Man 2. Those were like, I would literally write notes in my, like, journal, I guess it was at the time. Even though I didn't keep, I didn't keep like, records of normal things. I would just, like, Maybe just write, your, like, oh, notebooks at school. I would, I would not <laughs> write about school. sitting in class just like, I wish I was watching. It, basically, that's what it was. Like, I would write, like, lists of movie to see. Uh, Chamber of Chamber Secrets, Secrets. Spider Man Two, and I would just keep doing shit like that that kept referencing both of these <laughs> movies, and man. like basically write what I think was gonna happen in these movies. Uh, <laughs> and I was so excited, and then I was like, "Dad, let's go see Spider Man 2 He's like, "No," <laughs> and he did not take me. And God. I got it for Christmas that year, and I I must have put a hole in this DVD. Like I watched it so many fucking Other times. Other than the one they had. Other than I put a second, a second hole. hole in this DVD. God. Um, I loved this movie upon release. Um, it was only until like all the Marvel movies came out, like Iron Man and Phase One, where I was like, I would go back to this one and I'd be like, what? Why is he not Spider-Man? Like Iron Man is always Iron Man, except for Iron Man 2, which I talk about. He does the <laughs> yeah. same stunt where he's like, I don't want to be Iron Man, except he's Tony Stark. So at least at the very least, I would much rather watch uh, uh, Tony Stark, um, Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark be himself than Tobey Maguire be Peter Parker. Like if I'm not well, going to no, get but he's not even being Peter Parker because he can't. Well, he, he's he just... in this movie, he is more Peter Parker than yeah, uh, than the rest. But I the nostalgia for this movie was very evident, but but the middle slog is so rough so for me. Bad. I I can't deal with him like cuz it sucked like the first half of the movie and as I'm watching it as a kid, I'm like, "Why do you not like being Spider-Man?" Like also like how little time does he have? I feel like there's so much more time in the day than he is getting credit for. No, but he's he's constantly saving people. That's what I'm taking it. Okay. Every time he's he's like spending probably I don't know, eight hours a day saving people. And yeah. it's also not something you can schedule around. So it's not no, like he's yeah, like, I'm going to block off two hours and do this thing. It's yeah. like, well, I was going to do this. I know, I know there will be a bank robbery at three o'clock. Is, but, but is yeah. there really like, all right, so he's Peter Parker when he's witnessing these crimes and then he'll change into his Spider-Man suit because he doesn't, he's not seen like doing patrols in this movie like home. No, but every right? time he hears police sirens, he's like, oh, got to go. So he just follows the cops. Yeah, and I think he's burdened by the responsibility. But New York, New York is set up from the first movie. New York is such a big place. Do you think like and I? Point. I haven't been there that. I've driven through it like twice, so I've never like had an extended stay in New York. But are police sirens really going off every fifteen minutes in the exact location that he's like walking through? Well, but you also have like some other downtime after a crime, like so. So I hear police sirens. I swing 45 minutes away from wherever I was going to be. Yeah. But I do it a lot quicker because I get to do it with spider webs. Sure. Um, and now I have to get back to like my day, find all the, my stuff where I left it, yeah. and, like, get all that. I, I, mean, I got another. I guess it, lot, like, I, my original thought when I was watching the movie, I was like, he should just get paid to be Spider-Man. That's a quick fix. And now obviously today <laughs> that doesn't really yeah. make sense. That kind of takes the whole hero. He, he could do like branding deals or something. 
Yeah, no, I mean, he, sh- he should something like, and I guess taking pictures of yourself. You should exploit it. Yeah. Well, I mean, now that I'm an adult and I see that that's not cool, uh, I get it. I mean, he should Spider-os. just be a, he should he should just be a billionaire like Tony Stark. That's how he should do it. Yeah, that makes things easier. It's so much easier. Um, so starting with the opening sequence uh, with this film, we get the also we uh, we watched my DVD copy that I burned a hole in, and it, it's mm-hmm. full screen on a on a in 480p <laughs> on a. Yeah, I watched uh, it in 1080, but my TV is probably like a quarter of the size of your TV. Well, I mean, so was this square that we watched the full screen Correct. version on. So yes. <laughs> it was very tiny. Um, but yeah, this this uh, I would probably like to see it in high def because a lot of the CGI just looks like it doesn't hold up. And I not at all. I did really enjoy yeah. like I loved the fight sequences with Doc Ock. This viewing yeah. a lot more than I thought I would. Like yeah, I, are... I think I think the choreography for the fighting in this is really great. Sometimes like just the the smoothness of the motion of Spider Man and some of his like little quick webs that he does. Like there's a part in the. Um, subway fight where he jumps out the window and while he's jumping he like webs to the thing so it like sticks him to the side while he's on the i don't know it just happens really quick but like they do a a ton of stuff like that that's just so smooth and it also it makes it seem like he's been spider-man and has practiced all these little techniques or whatever like he's super adept well he's spending so much time fucking up the rest of his life to practice so he better be good at least be good at this like if you suck is. at the rest of your life, and yeah, he's pretty good. Um, it, so first watching this movie, he has to deliver the pizza, uh, yeah. and that's like the first glimpse into oh, his life as Peter Parker sucks, but he's actually like a pretty good Spider-Man. Yeah, it basically goes through his life and shows how he's failing in every single sector that he possibly yes. could be, like romantically, professionally, academically. <laughs> Which I can't really speak to. I mean, in the third one, it's crazy because all of those problems literally go away. He's like, I have my cake and I can eat it, too. Like, it's it's without and maybe that's just the third one sucks. Is this just me really quick? But during that whole pizza scene, the theme from the video game was playing in my head. Do you remember the Spider-Man 2 video game? The pizza delivery scene. Like, yeah. where is it? Da-da, 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 da-da. Like, that, that was the whole, whole time. Like, I think I, like, just checked out for a second. How much, like, and we talked about this on the last podcast, but how much did you play Spider-Man 2, the video game? Uh, I played the hell out of it for, like, a year. And then, <laughs> that's and, a long and then time. I, and, then I just, and then it just disappeared. Well, I mean, that's like, most video games. Yeah, well, no, no, no. I, so, I mean, it was, I, I, I actually, was it a year? I think I had it for a year and then sold it. I played the crap out of it. As soon as I saw the movie, I played the crap out of the video game for, like, Probably a few months. Sure. And then, like, sold it to a friend. Um, Because, like, yeah, I just beat the game. You get some sick markup on that bad boy? Uh, Dude, I I burnt a ring on that that CD, man. (laughs) I played it so much. That and MVP Baseball 2003. (laughs) Played the shit out of those games. Um, So, yes, the Spider-Man 2 video game. Also, the beginning of this movie, I I forgot, like, the central theme, especially in the intro, too, because he's, like, in the first one, he's, like, this movie is about a girl. I'm like, oh, I thought I was seeing Spider-Man. This is interesting. And then the second movie is like, it's still about a girl. But yeah. the whole movie, he's like, he's so like Katy Perry, hot and cold. Like, he can't make up his mind if he wants this <laughs> poor girl. And she's like, I'm going to marry this guy. Do you want me? He's like, I don't know. And then, you know, at the end, finally. How about her boyfriend? What a guy. 
the astronaut the astronaut yeah <laughs> he didn't deserve to get done that dirty in the end i no. like actually felt like i thought like i didn't remember that whole dynamic until i saw the movie again this tonight I thought he was going to be, like, a douche, but, like, no, he was a genuinely yeah. nice, accomplished well, I mean, he, he, man. He is like, <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson's son, yeah, which, true. in the comics, yeah. he does end up becoming a villain in the Spider-Man Oh, War. yeah, wait. What? It's, like, Man-Wolf or something? Yeah. He is yep. a villain. Yep. Uh, so that could have been a fun plot. Also, but Professor... like, his life is crazy. Like, he's rich, good-looking, and he's an astronaut. Like, <laughs> yeah. who's, like, a worse person to... And he was, like, a, I think an athlete or something? Yeah, like he used to play like, football. Oh, also, when he's being introduced, like, before he comes out, the, uh, she calls him, like, delicious. Delicious! Yes, yeah. we made a note of that! Oh, my God, we made a note of that. about that. Uh, and then he comes out, like, like, there's no worse possible human for your ex to be dating yeah. than the astronaut quarterback. They really rub it. Well, Rich I mean, boy. it's really just a nightmare. This this whole trilogy is a metaphor for, like, I don't know. It's a nightmare of, like, relationship what could have been because she dates his best friend. She yeah. dates the gorgeous astronaut millionaire playboy. <laughs> and it's literally just, like, rubbing in your face. like Because this is, as a child, if you recall, like, this is your worst fear is, like, oh, She's going to marry someone so much better. And then, you know, she dates the high school quarterback and you're like, that's it. They're getting married. Like, and oh, he's going to be that successful as he is now forever. It's permanent. Oh, God. That really. So really watching these movies in middle school resonated so much more with me. I think that's also kind of why they're so rooted there. Um, uh, but at the beginning, uh he, he still can't make up his mind about MJ. He's his life is sucking. Also, this. This bitch, the every time I, w I watched this movie as a kid, this bitch who won't, like, pay him. He's two minutes late with the pizza. The lady from Bones? The what? The woman from Bones. Oh, yeah, is that right. her? Yeah. Right. Oh, my God. Well, that, it's, what's her name? Yeah, sister. Deschanel. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. other Deschanel. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also also Joel McHale's in this. Yes, I didn't remember Joel McHale. That was so yeah. fun. When he popped up, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, let's talk about the pizza, though. Like, that is fucking ridiculous like like if it's too like i don't care if it's 10 minutes late yeah i'm still gonna pay that that oh, poor yeah. kid on a moped yeah, yeah. like it's totally. bullshit yeah that's that's and that's a shitty business model for the guy like yeah really honestly, in new york city new york, the most traffic streets in america yeah. and you're promising 30 minute delivery 29 minutes Tw that's even worse God. that's less likely to get there on time so dumb uh yeah so i hated her as a kid really just there was so much animosity toward all the people against Spider-Man uh, in my youth, and I was just like, "Oh yeah. God, he he deserves a break. He's our hero." I found I found the intro this time to be quite funny because of that. Like the way everything's being piled on, it's almost like a skit. Like how much worse can this get? <laughs> yeah, and it gets worse. It's, it is. It is, <laughs> and his his apartment is also like terrible. Like just yeah. you know, thinking of other superheroes, like. I mean, Tony Stark, you know, he has a mansion. Thor lives on another planet and he has a castle on the other planet yeah. uh, where he is the king of said castle. Ant, well, Ant-Man <laughs> Ant is a part-time burglar. That's true. I he, mean, like that's... But you know. he's, he's not living like as bad as... Well, he also was in jail, so I guess that's arguably worse yeah. than, yeah. than Spider-Man. You know a lot about Ant-Man for someone who hasn't seen it. I, you know, I, I again, I do my research before <laughs> I see the big movies. So, Well, thanks for coming on our Ant-Man podcast. <laughs> um, so, it, yeah, he can't catch a break. Did you also pick up on uh, Kurt Connors? His professor is a reptile in yep. Spider-Man lore. 
Oh, I did not. In his in his in the comics, that's why he only had one arm. Um, huh. He he loses his arm in war. He's in some war, um, and he loses his arm, and he tries to replicate it by mixing his DNA with lizard DNA, and he becomes because lizards full can reptile. grow back their tails. Exactly. But okay. he just becomes a full reptile and one of sure. Spider-Man's enemies. Whoops. And he is the man, main antagonist in Sp- the Amazing Spider-Man, the first Andrew Garfield. So movie, bad. Which is not as bad as Amazing Spider-Man 2, but still pretty pretty mediocre. All right. So the first note that I have after all this is we get to the scene with Doc Ock. Because there's, there's Wait, a lot I have more. a note before. Do you want do you want to go out of order? Yeah, yeah. So no, we can go. Okay. We can go uh, for a second. Uh it, the birthday party, Peter's surprise birthday party. Every three minutes, every three minutes, Harry is bringing up, "Why don't you tell me who Spider Man is?" And it's just the yeah. weirdest segues. And Peter's like, "Yeah, work's good. Oh, work! Like you work for taking pictures of that bug Spider Man." And it's just like, no matter where he leads the conversation, Harry will come back to Spider Man. Yeah, and he's really just... hung up on his dead dad. <laughs> <I know. laughs> really, really, just. But I mean, like, there's a time and place, Harry. Deranged Franco, man. One yeah, of my fa- one of my favorite. Frankos. Yeah, no, this yeah. was this this was peak Franco. This this movie was <laughs> no, this is not peak, peak Franco. No, this I I mean in I this will... trilogy, this is peak Franco. <laughs> uh, okay, fine. I mean that's like I don't know. I don't have a good analogy. It's also but... crazy to see him like. I wonder if he knew he would become like. I guess he was friends with Seth Rogen, so he probably knew he had a career in comedy up ahead. But these movies were his his bread and butter for a while before he did all the zany stuff. <laughs> or he did Flyboys. Yeah, <laughs> his masterpiece, his magnum opus. Um, so my next nut then. Your wait, note. did you? I so I I have uh, after the birthday party, MJ touches Peter Peter's face for like thirty seconds, and it's just super weird. Like when she's like, um, "Where do you go, Peter?" or whatever, and it's just like <laughs> the director, like that's an irregular amount of time for someone to touch someone's face. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can yeah go with your doctor octopus. Now. Okay, so. He puts on the arms, yes. and I love the arms. I love the arms. Arms are so <laughs> fucking cool. They work. Holy shit, they're cool. cool. But he puts them on to do something with the the simulate or with the star thing. Yes. But then he just kind of they just kind of hover around the orb like a psychic reading from a crystal ball. Like they don't do anything. They're just like. I think they're they're like reapplying the the force. Yeah, yeah. I mean. They're just, I don't know, they're heat resistant, so it's just kind of like pushing... And he also only uses like two of them during the entirety of the presentation. I don't know. They they didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, they didn't seem that useful. They seemed to just kind of be like, okay, we're just kind of around here. Like, obviously they need an excuse to give him arms. Yes. But I, I think they could have given them a more concrete purpose, and it would have been So, like, it could have been like, you know, New York City is falling apart, and this is our way of rebuilding infrastructure, or these autonomous arms, or some shit like that. Like, yeah. so give, or, you're right. Give them practical use. I agree with that. Yeah, or, or just make it, like, in the experiment. Have have him need needing to be, like, reaching stuff really far away, or adding a bunch of elements <laughs> together, or doing something that required huge amounts of strength, instead of just having them go, like hovering around the ball yeah i think in the comics he actually does build them for more scientific research purposes or if it's he's trying to make kind of like self-control i think he's doing a similar to a reptile thing where he's trying to grow limbs and try and control limbs give people uh robotic Uh, limbs and like control them if you're paralyzed yes exactly interesting and this is his attempt at it the next funny thing about this scene is, is like 
you're worried about them taking over my mind. Don't. There's a little chip back here, right? Exposed, <laughs> that, right? That on I the can't edge. reach. A, yeah. It's a, like, a this will be important, like, I bet. <laughs> a very fragile chip located right where my neck bends. What could it, go it's, wrong? And it's also his hairline. It looks like the where the thing went up was like higher than they expected. So it's like they just shaved his head like up on his <laughs> neck more. Like into right. his hairline. Like his I don't know. There's there's a lot of and that that whole scene I was just like, this is weird. And like I don't know how much of this is making a lot of sense. So I thought that scene was weak. But okay. then the scene after that where we get to the operating room, I love that scene. Yes. That, that was fantastic. That was so good. <laughs> like I, when he's when he's dragging that lady and her fingernails are pulling up like yeah. the ground. Like well, it's just so cartoony and over Sam, the top Sam Raimi made like Evil Dead. So this was right. a very like kind of more horror, but a little comedic, like just like kind of zany. It seemed like it was straight out of a, a spooky comic book a little bit. But yeah, well, it was I like loved fighting a Leviathan or something, or yeah. like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. on um, Pirates of the Caribbean or something when they're yes. fighting the Kraken. The Kraken. Wait, that, let, let me. So really, please, please about do. the arms and the, the the horror movie connection. One of my big complaints about the arms, I'm just remembering, and Cade, you and I both said this, is how they like squeak and talk to like. Yeah. I hate so how he talks dumb. to the arms. It's so like insane. It's like they're xenomorphs from the movie Alien. They're like squeaking at each other. I'm like so dumb. <laughs> I don't yeah, think see, they squeak I, until the end. I, no, no, they 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 like they do it the whole movie. Okay. Yeah, like especially when they take over, they like communicate. It was very with each noticeable. Other. The, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. so dumb. Do you think See, some producer was like, "You need to make them talk"? They no one. The audience isn't going to know they're talking. <laughs> they to need, them. need to make. Them <laughs> I think talk. it doesn't make any sense at all. But I kind of like the on-screen appearance of it. Like I think it's, uh, it's almost. Uh, I don't know, like Medusa or something. Oh, okay. Like, like the yeah. way they're all talking. Like, I, I don't know how you explain it, though. Like, and especially like them making sounds out loud. Like, they should be whispering in his head or something. And you get a little of that from like him saying, like, talking to them. And then you're just inferring their responses from what he's saying. Yeah. But, I think, but the like the little motorized and like them as like little faces or whatever is kind yeah. of strange. Yeah. Yeah, it's so... That was rough. That's probably my least favorite, other than Spider-Man not wanting to be Spider-Man. I hate that Dr. Octopus talks to his claws. That's so dumb. <laughs> wait, can we talk about... Wait, you probably got a note on this. Are we going to talk about the bank robbery? We are going to talk okay, about the bank robbery. Okay, all right, all right, all right. We'll yeah. get to the yeah, bank That's next. I also have, I have one note on that. I have uh, Peter takes advice from an old scientist to learn poetry to impress his love interest. What a crazy, like, it is so odd... How frequently in organic life, like people will ask him about like his love life, like yeah. Peter, how's MJ? And he, well, he'll just be like, how do I win her over? And they'll be like poetry. <laughs> it's just well, William crazy. Butler Yeates. Yeah. And this <laughs> is this is skipping way ahead. But it, it's there's a speech with Aunt May where she's talking about the little kid and his hero yes. is Spider-Man. Yeah. And that speech is insane if she doesn't know he's Spider-Man or doesn't suspect <laughs> that he's Spider-Man. She goes on so long about Spider-Man. It's like, I mean, I guess Peter knows Spider-Man, so maybe she's hoping he like relays this great speech, but it's just like, it's so directly at Peter. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Unless Maybe she, she knows. knows the whole time. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the first movie, um, when she's in the hospital, doesn't she like say something that was kind of quasi like, I know, like, mm. I, I like, or am I imagining he, things? He yeah. realizes be that because of what she says, he realizes that uh, the Green Goblin knows his identity. Mm. Uh, so, but she, but she doesn't be that surprised together. 
Say that again, Jordan. Well, I was just saying she shouldn't be too surprised that it's him because she she's been be. saved twice by Spider-Man. Somehow Spider-Man's always around. Yeah, which is the- another thing with, with Harry in this is Spider-Man <laughs> keeps showing up like, yeah. at, like this event for the building of the star. Like, who knows about that? <laughs> and Spider-Man's friends with Peter, and now suddenly Spider-Man's here. <laughs> yeah, this well, is, he Peter's literally goes, gone. Peter. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is very uh, Clark Kent puts on glasses and nobody can tell he's Superman. Yeah. Like because he doesn't change his voice at all either, and he talks no. to MJ in the first movie like a lot, and yeah. she doesn't notice his voice at all. No. And it's like you can recognize an actor's voice even if they're doing like a funny voice that's separate. You can still be like, oh, that's the same actor that did this voice over here or whatever. Yes. Or, so uh, like, yeah, and he's character. not disguising his voice in the slightest, and no one can tell. Yeah, it is. Um, but back crazy. to the bank robbery. Back, um, oh, also, I have a note. Right when Peter goes to uh, buy flowers for MJ right before the Broadway performance, mm. um, there's a sign, and maybe I read this wrong, but it like it says like three dollars for like flowers or whatever, and mm. it looks like he gives him like a wad of cash. It might just be three ones, and he takes a few flowers, and the guy's like, no, 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 and he takes them back. Like surely he gave him three dollars, and he's just like, <laughs> I don't know. That was weird. Um, and then wrote, did MJ screw? Oh, oh, in the play. I never knew this. Um, when Peter doesn't show up mm-hmm. to, to the play, and this has always been like, I've always wondered, does she screw up her line on stage? Or is that just part of the script reflecting her relationship with Peter Parker? So basically her um, counterpart on stage is saying, do you think people deserve a second chance? And she says, yes. I mean, no. Do you think that that was intended? That was in the play script, I, I think or she screwed up? No, I think she's supposed to be flubbing it. Uh, like obviously, the it reflects her current situation. Yes, but she also doesn't want to give him a second chance. Yeah, is the confusing so, thing. So you think she'd be like, no? And also, then the script is, it, is this says a yes. real? Is this a real play? Do we know, or is it totally no totally made up? Like because I, I, the I lines from it are kind of interesting. Like almost. It, it feels like it must be taken from somewhere because the other writing in this movie isn't as good as the lines. <laughs> I, I completely agree. I don't, yeah. I don't, I mean, I haven't seen, I didn't see anything in the IMDb trivia or anything that this was That's like true. That, any would references. Yeah. Any references to an actual play, which is definitely where it would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, that, so I've never known that, known that. Um, also the claw scene in the hospital, I never noticed this and it was kind of weird watching it this time, even though I still loved it. Did anyone notice there was no music in the background? There was no score at all. It was well, that's just... like what Kyle pointed out about the Green Goblin scene at the end of the last movie, is that yep. the score cuts out there. So I think it just when it gets intense, Raimi likes so, to cut out the score. It seems so interesting. I why? Think, no, I think that's why it's so horrific. It's because guess. all you hear are the screams and the crashing, and yeah, like that's why it's a good huh. scene. I mean, they use music throughout the entirety, so I guess I just noticed not having music. Yeah, it's such an interesting scene that hospital thing too, because it's like it doesn't need to be there necessarily. Like he could go on but and I'm do some so other sort of terrorism. Yeah, no, I'm so glad it is. It's a very clever scene to have included, because yeah. the other cool thing about it is that it gives an excuse for Doc Ock to be unaware of what's happening because he's on yes. anesthesia or something. Yep. So you get to see how much the arms can do on their own, like completely yeah. separate from him, and they're and they're super sadistic. Yeah. Um, So anyway, we get to the bank scene finally. I have one note. Actually, no. We can we can we can can do bank. Yeah, bank's fine. Um, one. Joel McHale's a jerk. Doesn't even give her the toaster. How dare he? 
But my, yeah, my biggest note, fucking over the, yeah. the Parker family, this whole movie. Like my for favorite no part reason. about this scene, though, is the money bags. The yes, money bags. they're all full of like, coins. Just, yeah. I wrote that note. <laughs> <laughs> which which sure looked a lot better, but like what what is this bank like exclusively quarters? Yeah, well, it's no, like I a was, Sunday morning car, uh, cartoon strip of a bank, like yeah. uh, like a McDuck diving yeah, into the yes. pool of money. <laughs> um, I mean, my only my only thing would be unless people like have deposited gold as a means. That's of, a lot like, of fucking gold. I, that's the only. I mean, gold is still a a viable metal, but well, like, also why do you, first off, what do you? Why do you have that much gold? Why is it in coins? And why is it in like, you know, like they went to the prop department and we were like, got any money bags from like that 1974 bank robbing movie that we can use? And that's what they like 1940s or something like this is like so old school. Like, I know. Yeah. Like (laughs) it it, it really is. Uh, It it only makes sense if we still had like a gold back currency or something in there. Correct. Yeah. Like it even with. I mean, they looked cool. I will say, yeah, like, that no, was that, better than see, throwing cash this, bags. This is the but stuff even, I like about these movies, though, is how cartoony they are. Like that. Yes. I, I think. I think the money bags. It's like a ten-year-old's vision of reality. Is all these movies? Yeah, which definitely. Is, is exactly 100%. what the the rest of like his his. Uh, I don't know. Like you were talking about with the relationship, like the guy that she falls with after Spider-Man is like a ten-year-old's. <laughs> you know nightmare of a yeah. like what would a successful person look like describe him it's like oh he's probably like a football astronaut it's true it's What's probably what he's right <laughs> i mean that's what i would be scared of yeah a football astronaut <laughs> what is he like an astronaut <laughs> um tr- uh, also in the the bank, it's crazy how Doc Ock just gets a trench coat and a top hat, and he's complete. Like he gets through. Surely, what a, it has to have metal detectors. It's a bank in New York in two thousand <laughs> post nine eleven. Probably just blew through the security. Yeah, I don't think. Well, they also, th- these arms, down. these arms are fucking massive. Yes, like there's no human sized trench coat. I think I read. No, th- I think things. I read they stretch out to thirteen feet tall. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. this is the world's biggest trench coat. It would be like a BoJack Horseman, Vincent Adult <laughs> Man kind of trench coat. What if he had? What if he had the tentacles going down two like really long pants legs? <laughs> and then he's walking and, on the. Tentacles. And everyone would just like accuse him. Are you standing on two taller men? <laughs> and he's like, No, these are my claws. Um. All, so an interesting thing about this movie is the city of New York. Literally everyone in New York is shitting on Peter Parker, because, and it's like you know he's trying to juggle being Spider Man. And everyone, more or less, I mean, except J. Jonah Jameson, really, and Harry Osborn, are worshiping Spider Man. Like the the city loves him, and yeah. everyone thinks he's a hero, except for a couple you main take characters. Tips. Like yeah, sit on sidewalk panhandling. Exactly. That's what I've been saying. He should since te- I was ten. I was like, "This is how you make money, Spider Man. This gets rid of your pizza job." One thing I also, noticed about the people of New York was how many gorgeous women were extras in this movie. Like, yes. it, it, any time there was a female extra, it'd be like a model. Like, like the, um, <laughs> the lady, that's what New Yorkers look like. I hear. Uh, when he's climbing the side of the building holding Aunt May, and it just yes. shows that woman in an office who's gorgeous, and then she just stands up and goes. Ah! screams yeah. directly into the camera <laughs> which they also do that a couple times and it's like a crashed zoom and then a woman screaming into the camera because that also happens in the the surgery scene yes and i love it, that that is so hokey that is like because like even in 2000 comic-y. even in 2004 that would have been like passe that's yeah. like a thing you would expect in like a 70s 
horror movie or something. I bet 90s also. Like, but even 90s, I think it would have been an homage kind of thing. And 80s. Which, which I also think this is kind of like. 80s were still campy, too. Yeah. This this does kind of seem like a really expensive, well-done 80s movie. Yeah. It, well, in it's some a, ways. Like, like I said about the last one, I feel like these movies are very aware of like how fake and farcy and movie E they are. Yes. They never lose sight of the fact that this is all pretend and we're just <laughs> goofing off. Um, my, this is the best Spider-Man quip in the entire trilogy. Uh-huh. Uh, when they're at the bank and he's throwing the money bags at him and he says, here's your change. And he throws the bag. <laughs> that as a kid, I was like, fuck yeah. So good. Also poor aunt may when Peter just runs away during the bank and she's like, Oh, he's abandoning me. my boy." <laughs> Isn't that insane that nobody, I mean, they probably do off camera, but they're like, they should be like, what the fuck was that? Like, where did you go? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's never addressed. That's yeah, never, addre- never addressed. Like, why do you keep disappearing? Like, what the fuck, Thank dude? God like, Spider-Man's around because you're never here. <laughs> Spider-Man's never always here. here and you're never here. Explain <laughs> yourself, Peter. Um, and also, so all these Doc's, Doc Ock fight sequences are so, so good. Yeah. I, and then the middle of this movie just kind of loses me. I would not... Drop the mantle of Spider-Man, especially if there is like a super villain on the loose. Like it's like he's it's it's fine because they don't show Doc Ock for a good like thirty minutes of this movie, and he's just presumably up to no good. But but he's just yeah, like think yeah. Peter I'm, would have heard the news about the surgery disaster where like ten doctors. <laughs> yeah, right. That would have been a news story. <laughs> <laughs> well, not not only not only that, not only that. Like I brought this up. So he's like, okay, we need to rebuild the Ark or whatever it fucking is. And he's like, how are we going to do that? Oh, we need we need money. Where are we going to get money? We're going to rob a bank. And then I'm like, what are you going to do with said money? Like, yeah. who, like, who are you going to, man? Because that's also a news story. It's It becomes like shipment of military-grade weapons stolen or, you know, three guys indicted for selling said military-grade weapons. Like, that yeah. just doesn't happen. Like, Speaking of newspapers, there's also... There's a scene where he's walking around as not Spider-Man and it says crime up 75%. Yeah. Which is like, how much crime was he handling? Like, <laughs> I mean, of all the crime if, in New York if, was Spider-Man. If that's, if that's statistically accurate, then I agree with the whole he's busy argument. Like, I get it. If also, he's, then he is actually doing that much crime stuff. Do his well, webs dissolve? Because... How much cleanup yeah. is the city doing? I, I think I think webs. his webs do. I think they're organic. I think like a that's regular true. spider web yeah. would dissolve it. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I okay, think also with the, with the crime bit, it's not that he's like putting away a bunch of criminals. He only has to put away like five. And then the other 50 that were like, oh, we we're going to rob this bank. But I guess not because Spider-Man's still sure. out there. He's deterred. That's encouraged. Probably, yeah. They're encouraged uh, by his put away. Uh, I have a fun fact. Well, this I have a last Cooper, newspaper note. You have a, okay, go for the newspaper. Uh, and that's also that it, it, at least no one talks to him about the fact that he ran into a burning building to save a child. Like you think well, the, the firefighter someone, congratulates him. Someone would write that in a newspaper and then at least Aunt May would be like, oh, by the way, I know you abandoned me at the bank, but good job running into a burning building to save that child. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool. That's... And impressive for a normal guy like you, Peter Parker. <laughs> um, the... Uh, have we talked about the 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 ball where he is uh, the fiance is announced as delicious and Peter Parker's taking 
Uh, I also, it took me, like, I didn't realize for the longest time in this movie, like, when watching it as a kid, I did not know that that was J. Jonah Jameson's son until, like, the very end of the movie. Like, I feel like they could have addressed this better. Like, it's just so, Well, throughout the movie, he's complaining about them spending money on the wedding. No, I get it. I understand. Like, they do acknowledge that it is his son, but I'm also, like, that is, what are the, the statistical odds? MJ's, like... I'm seeing someone and then it is not addressed at all until he goes to this gala and it turns out to be his boss's son who is, yeah, a football astronaut. And, and Harry's there. Because <laughs> he's a science guy? Because he's yeah. an astronaut? Like, it's a very small world, this movie. New yes. York's a big city, but everyone who matters happens to always be in the right spot. This movie is peak Franco, though, because I, my favorite scene of him is when he is at this gala and he's sitting at the bar upset and he's like, leave the bottle and it's champagne. Well, and then he also hits the glass off with the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. And it slaps him in the face. But like, has anyone drank champagne in like depressingly? Yeah. And that's a, it's a party time beverage. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, It just seems so, I guess like if you're a kid and you, you know, the football astronaut angle, yeah. but like, <laughs> what do you like, adults drink? What do you champagne? What, champagne. <laughs> That's what they're getting wasted on all the time. They're always drinking champagne, but then Doc Ock like is drinking hard liquor, which I guess makes sense. Uh, apparently Alfred Molina wanted to go for a 1950s bodybuilder look with this yeah. role. He's, he's got it. Like that doughy <laughs> he does. guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Chris Cooper, Robert De Niro, David Duchovny, Ed Harris, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Sam Neill were all considered for the role of Dr. Octopus. Ed Harris is Dr. Octopus, <laughs> man. That'd be nuts. What about Arnold? That's almost I think too much. Like, I would have been... Too, it, like, to Jordan's point, like, this movie is cartoony. Like, that yeah. would be... This would this movie would just be an unserious mess <laughs> with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, imagine him as a scientist. Like, during the scientist scenes, that would have been really weird. Like, yeah, imagine, I, I, I can control it. Get down. Yeah, I, <laughs> or, like, read poetry to impress your girlfriend. <laughs> the poetry um, thing would have been nuts for him. The poetry... I would have loved to see Arnold suggest that I woo my girlfriend by reading poetry. Uh, you can God. tell him about some great Austrian poetry. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved, I would have been so happy if that scene exists. Um, apparently, uh, Scott, or, uh, sorry, Sam Raimi cast uh, um, Alfred Milano, Milena, uh, whoever, uh, in the movie after his wife saw the, his performance in Frida, which mm. is the Frida Kahlo bio, uh. Uh, biopic. Which is the famous Spanish artist? Um, it's a good movie. I watched it in Spanish class. There's a lot of boobs in it. Nice. I'll check which it were, out. Which were blurred out. <laughs> uh, bummer. But, um, yeah. Uh, so, fight sequence. This is really just the middle of this movie is such a slog. I don't want to watch him not be Spider Man. It's so boring. We even fast forwarded through a lot. I think yep. they at least justified why he didn't want to be Spider Man. I get it, but I don't want to watch him not be Spider Man. They spent too much time on him not being Spider-Man. Like, and even if, even, I get why you would, but eventually he comes around. I, what I don't want, I want to, I like the struggle. I like the idea behind the struggle. Like, he has to choose between the two, and this is a very difficult thing to do. But don't pick, like, 30 minutes where, it's like 30 minutes of falling action, where he's just like, I don't want to do this. Uh, this is what it would be like if I wasn't Peter Parker. This is, don't forget how sad I am, kind of deal. Like, he's just so... 
I don't know. The movie was so boring during that. And also, Dr. Octopus is out on the loose. That is so irresponsible. I get if you're going to ignore all crime, which, you know, you could cautiously uh, and optimistically throw caution to the wind and be like, maybe crime will just stop for a long time because I've been doing so much good. I don't know know where you think the movie picks back up, though. And that's when the car comes flying through the cafe. (laughs) From then on, the movie is like, we're back in it, baby. I love it. Oh, you bet. That is exactly where I stopped fast forwarding. Although the ridiculousness of Harry telling Dr. Ock. Oh, although I did during that 30 minutes, I stopped uh, fast forwarding to uh, when he breaks into Harry's apartment and Harry's like, get me Spider-Man. I I would love nothing more. Like my two dreams. I like how he takes the drink from him. That is exactly what I was going to say. And then he drinks it with his claw. I was going to say the two Marvel related things I would love to do is I would love to buy a replica Infinity Gauntlet and chug a pint of beer with it. Uh, And then also, which I've been trying to do for my birthday for years, but these fucking gauntlets are expensive. I've been waiting for the movie hype to die down, but there's (laughs) been a gauntlet in the past two summer movies. Yeah. Yeah, I want half price gauntlet. Um and then I also would love this one's much harder to do, but I want an Android hand shaped like a claw to feed me a drink. Yeah, <laughs> that would be very hard to do. <laughs> but that would be so cool. You need like I, a puppeteer. Yeah, I I guess. Or, you know, science. True. One day we might get there. Uh also Harry specifically says don't hurt Peter Parker and also Peter Parker is the only one who knows where Spider-Man is and Dr. Octopus's solution to that is hurling a car right at him. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> at the human Peter Parker. And there was like no chance if he was not Spider-Man there is no chance either of them would have survived that. Yeah. That whole coffee shop. Yeah, MJ should. She at the end she was like, I kind of always knew you're Spider Man. It's like, was it when we dodged the car? (laughs) (laughs) Was that one of those times you thought? I mean, that seems most likely. Uh, A note I wanted to touch on earlier, like the whole city, like, and remember the scene at the end of the first one where they're very New York strong. Like, if you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us Mm. at the at the boats, and they're throwing shit at the Green Goblin. And then this movie does it again with the train sequence and they're like, New York strong, we're not going to tell your identity. That is good and I like that in both of these movies, but it is underdone by all of the pieces of shit New Yorkers who are just dicks for no reason to Peter Parker throughout this movie. Whether it be the pizza lady, whether it be, you know, the cocktail people who aren't bringing us drinks. People are dicks to Peter, but they love Spider-Man. I get, yeah, no, well, but, that no, that is that that is the New York mentality, especially like as a after group. after nine eleven, like New Yorkers like would still like throw you an elbow on the subway if you were Cade Weiberg dressed in like a shirt and jeans. But if you're like the boys in blue, you're the FDNY. Yeah, it's like fuck yeah, we protect our own. Okay, we love you guys. I like, see that's what, you're what it is. Like, I guess yeah. In the first movie, they are also protecting Spider Man. Yeah, and that that fight scene leading up to that moment on the train. Fantastic yeah. whole way through. I loved it. Yep. It was so good. That's the best fight scene in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. The end, honestly, I remembered. Maybe it's just because the video game was so good. But And I remember I was stuck on that fucking Dr. Octopus fight sequence for weeks. <laughs> that <laughs> it's, was, it's a tough one. That was yeah. miserable. And the only reason I beat it was because he glitched in a wall and I beat the shit out of him. I had so much pent-up aggression. I'm like, <laughs> oh, you're going to fucking regret that you glitched into this map. Uh, and then I beat him. Because I, I otherwise... I mean, it was impossible. Every time you tried to, tried to hit him, like, you would just... A claw would get you. And he has four of them. Um, so I remember the movie, the end sequence being a lot better 
but it really in this well but it, like the movie that that last sequence isn't about the fight it's about no it's, it's about, about the humanity of him unveiling yeah yeah, yeah. which is fine but i wanted a cool fight scene yeah well you'd already had it you just didn't yeah. know that you were done you thought yeah. there was more coming i thought i had more a dessert I had more <laughs> i thought i had dessert that would have been fun um also apparently toby mcguire injured his back or had severe back pains like right before they were going to start filming the production on this movie was crazy it took them they delayed production eight weeks to build this fucking boat fortress or pier fortress that that dr octopus has at the end of the movie uh it took eight weeks to build that build a collapsible pier fortress so dumb um so they delayed production there then toby mcguire broke his arm they delayed another four weeks uh and he almost wasn't in the movie because he had severe back pains and they were ready to they were ready to go with jake gyllenhaal to completely wow. replace toby mcguire hmm. and then at the last minute peter parker was like i'm gonna do it or toby mcguire yeah the one i think jake peter gyllenhaal might have made no case spider-man like i mean if he, i if always he as a started kid, with him but i i always as a kid thought they looked the same I don't think so much anymore. I think there may be a, they're they're kind of a similar type. Like I could see them both being cast in similar roles, but they don't like, like I wouldn't confuse them for each other. (laughs) (laughs) I guess when I was 10, I did, but I, I definitely like understood the comparison. That would be weird. Do you think this movie like would be as big or iconic? Ah, I like Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he probably could have, well, well, if there was well, because the first one is already yeah. yeah, the first one has already come out at this point. I was just gonna say if I if it was Jake Gyllenhaal from the get go, I think it would have been just as big. If they done sure. the switcheroo, yeah, I, I think people would have been. I don't know, just it. Like that's that's one of the reasons I hate the Hulk so much is because it has a different <laughs> actor, and I find that like I don't know, it's just frustrating to watch. Like that that movie's <laughs> supposed to be in the same universe as all these other movies with Edward Norton. Mean, I yeah again if I knew to cast Mark Ruffalo I would have told Kevin Feige but you know who also produced these I guess so he was already at the head of MCU's film thing when these are coming out because his name was in the uh, opening credits yeah he's not the main producer but he is he gets a say he's definitely he's in it since X Men mm-hmm. I think was I don't know if he might have even been in it since Blade okay. there's another trilogy we could do the Blade trilogy Ooh, I'd be more of Wesley's because I haven't seen up, those but. I, more than X Men, those are films. Man. Those are those are wacky, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds. But they're rated. Alley. They're rated R too, so they're like this kind of CGI, but it's like naughtier. Uh, there's one other thing about the uh, pier that I wanted to mention is yes. when he's swinging away on the end, like mm-hmm. like what's he swinging on? Because like everything's collapsing behind him, and they're like he's. It looks like he's like webbed onto a helicopter the way he's flying away. Like he's just <laughs> no, I think it was off. a crane. Yeah, Wasn't like it a you, crane? you, you yeah. see a crane okay. later. Um, but when that scene happened, I was like, what is he supposed to even be on? Because he's just like <laughs> zooming away. Um, and then it they, cuts to show you. The they crane. Added, added the crane in post. Yeah, that. And there's another scene where, uh, where he's kidnapped MJ and he goes to meet him on like a very tall, pointy building. Yep. And he swings in there too, and it's also like like he's swinging from like above. It's like what's above this building? Where are you yeah. coming from? Like what's that <laughs> I attached think just to a the cloud? Tippy top of the building? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The I I like the fight sequences. Uh, oh, another fun fact. Apparently, Sam Raimi and Danny Elfman had a tiff during the production of this movie, mm. and. 
Danny Elfman is quoted on saying, this argument made me never want to do film again. Wow. Which is wild. Uh, and then nine years later, they did The Great and Wonderful Oz in 2013, mm. um, which I haven't seen. But apparently they worked together on it, which is interesting. Um, yeah. So, I, I, Jordan, do you have any other beats? Have we, have my, we my last note was that that mirror had nothing behind it. Like it was just glass the whole way. Oh, through. Like yeah. there's not even a wood back or like, like, I mean, I guess it's like a secret door. The mirror yes. is, but even then you'd still have like a back to it. Like it wouldn't just be glass. I the think back of a mirror be, has stuff on it. Maybe the mirror would shrink down. I also loved in the lair how, uh, the bombs were so artistically displayed. Well, but, and also I was thinking why the, I think what you're supposed to take away from it, and I think this is what happens in the next movie, is that uh, Harry takes up the mantle of the Green Goblin. Is that what's supposed to be? Correct. But you could also just as easily have him be like, oh, my dad was Green Goblin. That's why Mm Spider-Man had to kill him. I understand (laughs) Peter's motivation now. (laughs) Yeah. Like, because to him, it was like, why would he kill my dad? Like, that's out of nowhere. Spider-Man's just sadistic and evil. But then you yeah. find out your dad was Green Goblin who did a terrorist attack on that <laughs> thing with the balloons in the first movie. The Macy's Day Parade. Basically, yeah, he yeah. killed the entire board of his corporation with a grenade. They turned like, him into skeletons. Yeah, they turned him into skeletons. <laughs> into spooky, scary skeletons. Yeah. Oh, the, the vindicated fun fact. Okay, yes. Uh, okay, so this movie, uh, the lead singer of Dashboard Confessional, Jordan Peoples, as you know, uh-huh. um, requested a he's like if we want to write a song about it we need access to uh the actual film so they gave him an early screening of the movie and he wrote vindicated in 10 minutes right after watching the movie that's how inspiring this movie is (laughs) you just feel the music flowing through your veins (laughs) could you imagine just like watching that whole movie and then you're like indicated and then you just 10 minutes you pop out like a perfect middle school pop anthem yeah uh another thing another uh, question i have for the room uh this was the second most this this movie was in the second most theaters uh second to shrek 2 at the time wow widest release Mm -hmm. which of the two has a better soundtrack I don't know Shrek 2's soundtrack. Uh, well, all you need to know really is Accidentally in Love. Okay, there's that. By the Counting Crows. Actually, you pull up uh, Accidentally, or uh, sorry, Shrek 2 soundtrack. I'm going to pull up Spider Man 2 soundtrack. I mean, Vindicated um, is great. What else does this ex- movie have? Vind- I mean, I guess Raindrops Keep Falling on the, the ye- Head. The ye- Yellow Card song. Uh, uh, okay, I'm going to read all these. Vindicated by Dashboard. Which one's the Yellow Card? Number song? one. Uh, it's called Gifts and Curses. It's not in the movie, but it's on the soundtrack, oh. and it's one of my favorite Yellow Card songs. Unless it was like a trip, the third credit song or something crazy, mm. but it was not one of the first two. Uh, there's Vindicated by Dashboard Confessional, Ordinary by Train, which is, eh, but Train's cool. Uh, Did You by Hoobastank. This is such a staple <laughs> of its time. Hoobastank. Uh, Hold On by Jet, Gifts and Curses by Yellow Card, Woman by Maroon 5. Uh, a Taking Back Sunday song. Oh, Lost Prophets is featured on the Spider-Man oh, 2 soundtrack with uh, Ian Watkins before he was canceled. 
Uh, Switchfoot Mental Live. He wasn't live. canceled the way most, like he was canceled before canceling. He was, was thing. super canceled. Yeah. <laughs> I missed this. I, oh, so Ian Watkins. Uh, this isn't a fun I'm, story for the podcast. This is like nightmare <laughs> fuel. All right. Yeah. Lost if you really want a horrific evil. story. Fair Jim, enough. I'll tell you off air, but uh, yeah. for those viewers, uh, yeah, just Google Ian Watkins, the lead singer of Lost Prophets, if you want a horror story of, yeah. of, yeah, of someone who gets canceled. Um, no, but he doesn't so just get canceled. That's why I don't want to stress. No, like, no, 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 ah, no, 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 no. But what he did was unbearable, Jordan, and I think you should admit it. So I started typing in his name, yeah. and all I get is the first three lines of his Wikipedia page, and that's really all I need to know. <laughs> yeah. I, I bet that's what he's known for more than Lost Prophets. Yeah, he is a super monster. <laughs> God. Yeah, definitely canceled. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so all right, Shrek, Shrek 2 soundtrack. Shrek 2. Well, if you were Googling I got to get out of here, Watkins. <laughs> all right, so Axel. Accidentally in Love, Counting Great. Crows, Holding Out for a Hero by Fru Fru, Changes, David Bowie, Great. and Great. Butterfly yeah, Boucher. No, this one's already. As Lovers Go, the Ron Fair remix by Dashboard Confessional. That's a worse song than Vindicated. Oh, but it is Dashboard, though. <laughs> it is Dashboard. That is funny that they were peaking in movie soundtracks. <laughs> Amazing. Funky Town by Lip Sync. Oh, great. I'm on my way, Rich Price, and uh, I Need Some Sleep by Eels, Ever Fallen in Love. Oh, that's a great yeah. song. Yeah. All right, it lo- it's looking like Shrek, Shrek 2. Shrek 2, absolutely, Although, hands down. Is Vindicated, <laughs> though, like album. a better song than most of those? No. I love Changes <laughs> by David Bowie. I love Ever Fallen in Love With. Like, no, that's Shrek 2 soundtrack is actually my favorite album of all time. <laughs> better than Sgt. Pepper. Oh, man. Well, they also have uh, that Uno Dos Trace, no, not fucking Vertigo. Uh, That's well, in Shrek 2? Yeah, no, live the, in La Vida Loca? Li- yeah, <laughs> live in the crazy life. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. So, I mean, there you have it, fans. The Shrek 2 soundtrack has it. If you walk away with one thing today, you know that Shrek 2 has a superior soundtrack to Spider Man 2. Um, Fantastic. Jordan, do we, have a, do, we have, do we have anything other to touch on? No, I think, we, I think we've done it. Oh, wait, wait, note, how do you uh, rate this compared to the last one? I know we're going to do a, a bigger. Rating. I like one. I like I agree with what you said earlier. I like one as a movie throughout mm-hmm. better, but I think this has higher highs and lower lows. Yeah, I think the fight scenes are better. Um, yes. but that's a better movie. Yes, Jim. Fight scenes are definitely better. I also like Alfred Molina's villain at Doc Ock much more than crazy Willem Dafoe Green Goblin. Because, like, Green Goblin in that movie is almost funny how much overre- overacting oh, yeah. he does in that. He's chewing the scenery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when No, when he jumped real quick, when he jumps out of the, like, pod and does that, like, <laughs> like that pose Lizard from cats. Face. Yeah. yeah, like, it's just, it's so bad. Uh, well, that, and apparently uh, Norman Osborn was not supposed to be in this movie, but Willem Dafoe was walking to his home one night and he just stopped by the set for fun. And they're like, hey. We'll put you in this. <laughs> and he has awesome. a cameo as a result. Huh. That's uh, movie magic, baby. It was meant to um, be. So do, how do you rank these, this trilogy? Um, so am I allowed to rank three as well? You're allowed to rank three. I'd, I'd say... I, I'd say I like one a little bit more. I like the origin side mm. of Spider-Man and one. I think that's a good part of the movie. Um, one is better than two, although two is pretty close. Like they're inter- they're almost interchangeable for me, and three is just an embarrassment, and I hate three because uh, they did Venom so badly yeah. in that movie. 
They're favorite really, villain ever, and he sucks in that movie. I have a really fun story about seeing Spider-Man 3 in theaters that I will save for the episode when we do have Liam. All right, well, everyone will look forward to that. Yeah, we, we got we got some more content coming. Maybe the Blade Trilogy. That's crazy that I might have talked Jordan into watching the Blade Trilogy. Oh, I've, I've kind of been interested. Like, those films have kind of been on my backlog for a long time, but they're very low down. But, like, there's still something that I've kind of been like, I kind of want to see that. Yeah, it's wacky that they exist. Yeah. Like, it is wild. Um, but, uh, Jim, thanks so much for coming on. We'd love to have you back when there's some fresh Marvel content. Maybe we can have you on a Falcon Winter Soldier app if that's something that you're willing to watch. I'm down. Great. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, and Jordan. Uh, oh, shit, we didn't intro the theme. That's all right. Always forget an intro the theme. Can you say. I have a special you... intro for this one, and by intro, it'll be an outro. Okay. Should we should we talk about Here, it? You out, you do your outro line first. <laughs> okay. Oh, I've never done it first in seventy one other episodes. I know. Oh boy, I hope I don't get. I, I don't hope I don't screw it up. I'm Kate Weiberg, uh-huh. <laughs> and Marvel doesn't suck. I am vindicated. I am selfish. I am wrong. I am right, I swear I'm right, swear I knew it all along But I am flawed, but I've been cleaning up so well And I'm seeing in me now the things you swore you saw yourself Oh, dangles on a string, like slow spinning redemption And then I'm just gonna cut in Vindicated <laughs> 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 and, that, and then the podcast is over